Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Blitz podcast. Um, this is episode two. I am one of your hosts, Dom Johnson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DomFFL. And with me is my co-host, Joel. Say hey, Joel. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Uh, Joel also is a... You can find Joel on um, on Twitter at uh, JVerzosa2. Uh, we both are writers for Dynasty Nerds. Um, and, and Joel's specialty is, is sports injury specialist. So he's a, he's a PT by day um, and a sports injury um, analyzer by fantasy night i guess i don't know um and yeah this um we are excited to get into episode two and to bring you some more fresh new new takes um, but first we wanted to kind of uh, give you a little teaser um for one big thing that we have coming up on the podcast um we have a segment that's coming up called uh the war room uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have two um analysts uh, you know, well-respected analysts come in who have differing views on the same player, and we're going to let them duke it out. Um, we're going to facilitate a little debate, and uh, that way you can hear two guys that you respect and you you know, you know their opinions and, and uh, kind of get both sides of, of the table for them. Um, so, for instance, I know um, on Twitter the other day I saw uh, Jay Moyer, a guy who I love his cut-ups and stuff that he does on, on Twitter, the threads he does, and um, he has a special eye um, for running backs and for um, just players and, and how good they are. And he he has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire like as his top running back this year. Um, and so that I don't think I know of anyone else that does that. So we're going to find someone who isn't a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire believer, and we're going to bring them both on, and and we'll let you make the decision for yourself. But we're going to give you all the tools that you need uh, to make that decision. Uh, so that is War Room, and we are super excited um, for that to be on uh, one of the next episodes. Um, cool. Well, uh, what we have for you today are two segments. One of them is uh, second year tough calls. So we're going. We both chose two players that um, two rook, uh, two second year players that had kind of rough rookie seasons for uh, one reason or another, and we're going to give you um, you know some reasons why you should hold them or buy them this offseason. Um, and then we're going to wrap it up um, with a price check. Um, so we'll get to that. I'll explain that when we get there. Sweet. So uh, we will just jump into second-year tough calls. Um, so I'll, I'll kick us off. The first guy I want to talk about is is Tony Pollard. Um, so he came on the scene last year uh, from back from, from Memphis and uh, went to Dallas, um, you know, right behind right, right behind uh, Bell Cow Zeke Elliott. Um, and you know, when he first got there, um, you know, I didn't we didn't love the landing spot just because you know there wasn't a clear path to um, use. But um, as you know, the offseason went on, we we saw Zeke kind of um, you know be Zeke and, and get suspended for a few games or, or miss a few games. And so uh, Tony Pollard got a chance to uh, to shine. And so. He didn't do great the first game, but um, there were a few games, even with Zeke on the field, where Tony Pollard just went off and had just absolute humongous breakout games. Um, he was hyper-efficient in all of his touches. So for all of 2019, he had 86 carries for 455 yards, which is a total of 
5.3 yards per carry, which is pretty good in the NFL on on limited touches. And he had two touchdowns um, on the ground, as well as um, he had a 75% catch rate, catching 15 of 20 targets for 107 yards and another touchdown um, in the air. Through the air, not in the air. I guess he could have jumped. So he never, throughout the whole season, had um, a snap count of over 36%. Um, So... That might not go up this year by itself. Um, I don't see Zeke as a um, running back by committee back, you know, but there's definitely room for growth in that department. I could see Zeke carrying, um, you know, 70% of the load and let Pollard be the change of pace um, third down back that can come in for about 30% of every game. Um, He only busted 30 a few times. Uh, throughout the year. So if he could average 30, that would be uh, a step up from from his 2019 usage. Um, On top of all that, he has special teams upside. Um, So he is a kick returner, punt returner, and he is electric. He has won several awards in college um, for his uh, special teams usage. I mean, I want to highlight the the two games that I talked about earlier where he just went off. Um, So in week three versus Miami, um, this is when Zeke, I think it was Zeke's first week back. Um, he had 13 carries for 103 yards and one touchdown, and then three more catches for 25 yards. Um, and then week 15 versus the Rams, um, he had 12 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown, um, and then two catches for 12 yards. Um, so those are games with Zeke, you know, in uh, in the game too. Um, so... They like to use Pollard. They they know what they have in him. Um, not to mention the fact that the Mike McCarthy is coming from Green Bay, where he famously um, misused uh, Aaron Jones in a, a RBBC with uh, shoot, what's his first name? Jamal Williams, is that right? Something Williams. Yes. Yeah. Jamal okay. Williams. Ours. Sweet. Um, so. You know, if if he can give Jamal Williams carries while he has Aaron Jones, I would not. It would not surprise me too much to see Mike McCarthy give Pollard. You know, that that same snap count as Jamal Williams had in, in Green Bay, even though he has someone like Zeke in the backfield. Um, so I don't think Pollard will necessarily be you know a super fruitful back that you can start every week in 2020. Obviously, um, even if your uh, your team is kind of rough, but I right now I look at Tony Pollard as one of the most capable handcuffs that you can have in fantasy. If if Zeke goes down in 2020, I I don't think that they feel they have to bring another back in. Um, I think they were they were they're comfortable with starting Pollard um, in that case if Zeke ever goes to go down. Um, so I I am buying Pollard where I can. Um, I actually just traded for him in my main dynasty league um, right at the end of the year or beginning of the off season. And I'm I'm happy to have him on my bench. Um, just in that, you know, strange case, just in case Zeke does go down and, um, you know, I think Pollard will, will get that start and he'll do well with it. Um, Joel, you have any thoughts on Tony Pollard? Um, not a lot. Um, but I, you know, like you said, you're buying right now. I mean, I, I, our, uh, we are in a, um, an auction league right now that you started and, uh, I'm, I'm currently the, the high bidder on Pollard, um, of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, five dollars uh, out of three hundred. So um, there's plenty of time for people to get in on that one. But um, I, you know, 
I I do think that um, I do think that Mike McCarthy is probably going to use Pollard a little bit more than we saw last year. So I you know Zeke, you know we're looking at two years back to back at over three hundred touches, over three hundred and fifty touches total mm-hmm. for so we're you know in his first year he had three hundred and fifty four touches, and then followed by a year that he had um, he missed some games and. He had 268 touches, so we're we're getting up there in usage for for Zeke, and um, you know it doesn't with running backs it doesn't really bode too well um, once you get up into a higher amount of touches. And I think that if the Cowboys are smart, I think that they are going to they're going to start to decide to. Um, bring down his touches and try to limit his workload as much as possible because um, we're, we're talking about big money in that, in that uh, for Zeke. And, and I don't know if the Cowboys really want to see that go to waste. Um, so I, I'm definitely buying Pollard, um, you know, especially at his price, you know, I would Absolutely. definitely buy him. Yeah. So I guess um, I guess that brings me into my first player. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead and yeah, jump in your first. Player. No, no, that's all right. Um, you know, my big thing, and this one was a tough one for me. You know, when I proposed this segment, it was you know I'm trying to make these same these same calls and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with some of these players. You know, buy, sell, hold. Um, but my first player is um, our Sega Whiteside. Um, I know I'm probably going to get some flack about not saying that correctly, but um, I will continue <laughs> to, to say our Sega Whiteside. Um, but we're looking at somebody who uh, was a second round pick out of Stanford um, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, uh, I definitely don't think that he went to the best situation. I wasn't super excited about the situation when he went there. Um, but he had a dominator rating in college of 42.7%. Obviously, we know about Jay Jaw. His uh, his size two six foot two, two hundred twenty five pounds, and then his pro day time um, on a forty was four point four nine. So we're definitely his uh, his size adjusted speed scores is off the charts. Um, so yeah. def- definitely something that <clears throat> we like to see. Um, but there, when I looked at, you know, I wasn't super excited about him coming out of college. I did end up with one share of him, um, after rookie drafts. But, um, when we look at his tape, we see somebody who, who really exceeds in, uh, the contested catch and is a really good red zone threat, um, on tape, you know, as well, though, you see somebody who just struggles at the release point, um, Somebody, some somebody who also struggles at route technique, you know, and so a lot of things, you know, we're we're just trying to throw some things out there and kind of paint the full picture for these players for you. But um, we also look at some his production for 2019, and you know, he didn't score over 8.5 fantasy points in a game, you know. So we definitely a a really really tough and 
long road for him in 2019. Um, I personally um, am holding him uh, and as much as I can. Um, uh, it's getting a little bit tougher be- because, uh, you know, it's that time of year we're getting a little bit of rookie hype, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, so offers are coming down. But I, I, it's somebody that I'm holding. I, I'm, I do want to see um, how the Eagles utilize him and his skill set. Um, I honestly think that he would be really good as a, as a big slot. Um, and it would be really interesting to see him utilize that way. Um, but somebody who can really get inside and, and box out in the red zone and that, that really excites me. That really makes me want to say, you know, you got to hold and see. And, and to be honest, you know, we all know that, um, wide receivers take a little bit, you know, I think that we've been spoiled, uh, with some of these wide receivers coming out and really, you know, busting onto the scene their first year. Um, but I think we all know that we have to take a little bit of time with mo- the majority of them. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he can do uh, come 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, <laughs> I not, in that same dynasty, I just got uh, our Sega White side. Um, I can't remember the, the deal I got for him. Um, but I was happy to have him and um, he's going to sit on my bench until he either does something or <laughs> someone wants to buy uh, buy him from me as well. So, well, um, if you need a if you need a laugh, uh, pull up his his uh, player profiler. Um, it's not a it's not his picture there. It's it's a picture of an old Hanna Barbera uh, cartoon uh, <laughs> called Jabberjaw. So that's <laughs> yeah. Just to he, keep you keep it interesting there. Bless his heart. He's <laughs> he's got those those teeth. Man. Yes. He's he's a shark for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh bless. I I love that on player, player profile, all the um pictures that are wrong. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um yes, uh we'll we'll move on. Uh my second player um is gonna be <laughs> I I really had to do some digging here to, to get to this, but um, I wanted to do uh, Drew Sample. Um, so the free agency has been pretty good to him. Um, he's not someone who you necessarily thought of first when um, you know all the free agency stuff, free agency stuff was happening. You know, it wasn't a, a big move, but Tyler Eifert did move on. Um, he's in Jacksonville now. Um, so even though they have like five tight ends on the depth chart they did spend a second round pick on Drew Sample last year. Um, kind of a head scratcher as to why they did that yet. They still did. Um, and he had, uh, you know, a lot of fans were you know confused, but as soon as training camp started and, and OTAs, um, you know, there were just glowing reviews about Drew Sample's hands. Um, like he just, he just didn't drop anything. Um, and so now going into his second year, you know, you, you really don't, like we talked about earlier, you don't uh, expect anything out of a rookie tight end. Um, so now going into his second year um, with another starter that was ahead of him gone um, with the draft capital he has and with uh, Uzama or Uzoma, however you pronounce that, ahead of him is is, is mainly used as a blocking tight end. Um, I think Drew Sample has just a clear path um, to at least <laughs> more usage in 2020. Um, so 
he has the, a relative athletic score of 8.9. Um, I don't know if you've ever looked at that um, player database, but it, they go through and um, they kind of rank each uh, player by the relativity of, of other players in their um, in their position. Um, so that's out of 10, and so he got basically a 9, um, which is you, you want super athletic uh, tight ends. And so... Uh, compared to the rest of the tight ends, he is rather athletic. He's got um, great hands, and um, yeah. So, <clears throat> I especially in in twenty nineteen when, um, you know, he only had what uh, nine target, or he only played five nine games. I'm sorry, had like five catches. Um, but again, that was because he was third on the depth chart, um, and he he lost the rest of the season um, from an ankle injury. Um, pretty early on so he only played nine weeks before before he went down and so um, going into 2020 we we have a higher expectation of Drew Sample I don't think he's going to necessarily break out but I think he's someone that you could definitely watch um, especially if um, you know AJ Green gets hurt again and um, they need just weapons for whoever their quarterback is um, to to have um, you know Drew Sample can be a a useful um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reliable. There you go. Reliable weapon for especially a new quarterback who who tends to 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 lean on their their safe targets like their tight ends over the middle of the field. You know. Um. So, I think that the Drew Sample definitely takes a step forward in in, in 2020. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I I think what happened, you know, and I think that the 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 reason why. The, the Bengals decided to go that route with him um, was because he of his blocking, you know. Um, and I think what happened is that he got into camp, and, you know, this is just speculation, but some of the signs that you've mentioned kind of point to this, but um, they he got into camp and really showed the Bengals what he could do, and yeah. they felt they felt comfortable letting go of Eifert, you know, not really hard to do. I mean, but Eifert, I mean, Eifert was, was, uh, was really productive, you know, when he could stay on the field. Um, and I think they definitely relied upon him to, you know, be their pass catching tight end and they were looking to fill that void. I mean, they really did try to fill that void with Uzoma, but, um, they had, they had a hard time. And, um, I think that, that Drew Sample came in and showed that he could do a little bit more than just block, you know. Um, obviously, mixing owners were really super excited about Drew Sample coming in along with their first-round draft pick. But oh, yeah. um, I, I think I, – I honestly think that, that he came in and just – he was he was one of the stars, and they didn't really expect that from him. So I think that um, it's, everything's looking – everything's pointing in the right direction for him, for sure. So. But um, my second player, um, and it, I feel like I'm 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 in a, on a wide receiver kick lately. Um, <laughs> that and second wide second round wide receiver kick. Um, but my second player is Paris Campbell um, of the Indianapolis Colts, um, and obviously a second round pick by the Colts um, out of Ohio State. We we kind of started off with a a lot of hype around him. Um, yeah, there some, was, uh, you know, so much hype around that pick, especially, you know, with, uh, Frank Wright going crazy and, 
and <laughs> and being super excited about them getting their guy and you know then we get into the season and this I mean not even into the season because he got a he suffered a hamstring strain um, in in camp and he he started missing he missed time there um, and then that led into his I forget which one happened first but I think he fractured his hand first um, and then fractured his foot later in the season trying to come back. Um, so there's, there's some injury concerns around Paris Campbell now. Um, you know, not, not a really big wide receiver, but, um, really quick. I mean, we're talking about a, a four, three, one in the 40. Um, and the way that Ohio state used him, it was kind of, uh, very similar to, um, Curtis Samuel when he was there and in kind of that gadget role and, you know, giving him the ball and in space and getting him open and, uh, you know, just letting him run. And I mean, there's a lot of promise there and I can see where the hype, um, where the, how the hype was warranted, um, with Paris Campbell. Um, and I think that, you know, when I look at the two players that I've kind of I've put up today, it's it's just you know, I'm not super comfortable about Whiteside's uh, situation, um, but I am super excited about the situation for Paris Campbell. You know, um, and because I think that that Frank Wright can really figure out. I mean, if if I were to trust somebody to figure out how to use. Uh, the the strengths of their uh, their players i would probably say frank reich has the edge there um, yeah for sure so it, it's going to be an, an interesting time to see him and philip rivers because we know philip rivers doesn't care who he throws to um he'll just throw the ball to anybody i mean he's been throwing even to, the other team yeah yeah well he's been throwing to you know some no names here and there too you know and all all the uh, Keenan Allen owners know that for sure. Um, but I'm super excited about seeing him. I would definitely buy Paris Campbell. And I don't think that his price is too bad uh, right now. I think that you could definitely go and, you know, there's an owner out there that's already frustrated. I mean, with all the players we mentioned, there's an owner out there, you know, maybe not Pollard, but because most likely the Zeke owner went ahead and grabbed them. But, um, you know, with all the other players, I think that the price is super, super um, negotiable. And I think there's some, some players out there that are, they're frustrated. They don't want to hold on to that guy. They want that, that new and shiny toy that's coming in, in, in yeah. this class or next, you know? And um, so now's a good time to go and get one of these players and fill your team up with, with uh, you know, I think better opportunity than some of the rookies coming in. Uh, we don't even know where they're going yet. So yeah, that's, that's very true. Thing. So absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Paris Campbell is someone that I feel like is being forgotten a lot and he landed in a great spot and um, really just kind of wasn't able to do anything in, in 2019 in his rookie year. And so um, with, you know, they don't have uh, Funches there anymore. Not that, you know, Paris Campbell and Funches play the same role, but you know, that is another mouth to, to not have to feed, um, so I think you're right. I think Paris Campbell can definitely, he has the path laid out in front of him to, to take a, a step up, um, uh, for next year. 
Yeah, I mean, if it, if I could add something too about you know just speaking about his injuries, you know, uh, both both the hand and the foot fracture, uh, I'm not too concerned about. You know, from coming from a a, a medical background, um, they're fractures; those happen. So, um, and those are those are two injuries that I, they don't concern me too much. That what concerns me more would be the hamstring strain. Um, I don't, I don't recall him having a a really prolonged history of, of, you know, what they call soft tissue issues. If you, you know, that, that wording is out there, but, um, I don't, I don't believe I know or recall him having a long history of those. So, um, I don't know if we're looking at a Will Fuller Fuller situation. So don't even put it there. And don't put that thought in, thought into into the uh, fantasy sphere because um, I don't know if we're there yet. But um, you know, the, as far as the fractures, you know, just stop labeling him injury prone because it's it's just fractures that happens. Uh, they're you know freak things that do happen. So um, I definitely wouldn't worry too much about Paris Campbell's injury concern right now. Awesome. Good. Well, yeah, thanks Thanks for adding that in. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of owners need to hear uh, about Paris Campbell or really a lot of players in general. Um, just, you know, when, when freak things happen to, to someone, they, they freak out and call them injury prone, like Dalvin Cook tripping up the stairs and breaking his shoulder or something like that. Right. Um, so, anyways, we'll we'll jump into to price check. Um, so how this is going to work. Um, so we've each chosen uh, five players for the other host to kind of give their price on. Um, so um, Joel, Joel is actually going to go first on this one. So he has five players for me. Um, he's going to list them, and I'm going to kind of go through and, and, and tell him a few players that I would take uh, before him or players I would take after them, um, kind of just where I, I rank them. All right, so let's go ahead, Joel. All right, so my first player, uh, and I really want to know uh, where you – what your price check would be on Brandon Cooks? Uh, so, Brandon Cooks is, is tough because um, I feel like there's there's two kind of possibilities for him. Um, one of them is you know if he stays in uh, stays with the Rams, like what his his situation would be, or or if he he gets traded. Um, I feel like for the most part, um, it would benefit him to be traded. Um, but for the moment, I'm going to pretend like he stays with the Rams. Everything's exactly how it is. Um, so going through a few ADPs, uh, there's a lot of players that I would rather have over him. Um, I would rather have Marvin Jones, Darius Slayton, uh, Deontay Johnson. Um, I would put him somewhere closer to Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins right now, um, just with uh, the concussion concerns. Uh, with his role on that offense, uh, really just the offense in general, um, they just did not look the same as they did in 2018. Um, and so with uh, Cooper Cup, the emergence of, of Tyler Higby at the end of the year, um, and really their offensive line has been so bad that they didn't even have the time to look down the field to give it to Brandon Cooks, which is you know where he he shines was um, those long bombs with Jared Goff. Um, so if, if they don't improve their offensive line, then I, I want, you know, Marvin Jones or Anthony Miller more than I want Brandon cooks. Um, so I'd be willing to buy low on him, uh, if the price is low enough, but I'm not, 
in on Brandon Cooks necessarily. Um, I'm not going to try and buy him where his his price would have been, you know, this time last year. Yeah, I'm definitely not at that price. Um, I'm I'm definitely kind of high, a little bit higher, I guess, on Brandon Cooks. So, um, all right. So, second player is Todd Gurley. Man, this is a tough one too. I've been. I, <laughs> I'm in a, a 16 team Superflex tight end super premium league. And I have, so what I did was I took, uh, I traded up, which I normally never do. I never trade up in, in, in startup drafts, but I traded up in, into the first round to get both Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Um, and because of that, I felt like I had a really good safe floor. And so later on when Todd Gurley and David Johnson fell, this was, this was before their, their new free agency moves. I, I took gambles on them as as you know, uh, high ceiling players. You know, if it was possible for them to go back to their glory days, um, so I took Todd Gurley and, and David Johnson, and I've been trying to trade them since their free agency, and no one, no one will pay anything for the man. <laughs> no one wants Todd Gurley, um, and you know, now that I'm looking through these, I, I can't really blame them. Um, you know, uh, I I don't. I like the uh, Atlanta uh, landing spot for him. Um, I think he could be, you know, as good as Devonta Freeman. Um, but I really don't see him becoming, you know, anything special. Um, uh, or at least definitely not like 2018 or, yeah, 2018 Todd Gurley. Um, so I would take him. Um, I would rather have David Montgomery than Todd Gurley right now. Um, but I would rather have... Todd Gurley then well I guess that one doesn't really count I was going to say Philip Lindsay I'd rather have Todd, Todd Gurley more than than Kareem Hunt or Mark Ingram right now um I'd rather have him over Sony Michelle um and David Johnson um yeah but I'd, I'd rather have someone like David Montgomery um or Kenyon Drake over him right now as well so I would put all him right. I'd put him close to Marlon Mack okay all right so I'll I'll ask you for Todd Gurley um, Todd Gurley or Debo Samuel? Oh, all right. You're just playing with me now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not Debo's biggest fan, but I think I have to go Debo there. If if nothing more than for value alone. Um, but I think I'm, I'm only Debo there, especially in Dynasty. He just definitely is going to last longer. Yeah. I mean, obviously with, with him being a little bit, him being younger, I guess. I don't even know if he's younger than him. That, that, we could I, question I mean, that because Gurley, Gurley's still young, man. And I think, I honestly think, you know, I'm kind of a, I guess, a, a Gurley truther. Um, I mean, it's Todd Gurley, you know. I mean, the ceiling is there. Um, I, I, I think that he can be way better than Devonta Freeman in that offense. Um, so I, I'm definitely higher on Todd Gurley, too than most people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have been for a long time, even when there were talks about him limiting his workload and knee arthritis and all this other stuff, you know? So yeah. um, I'm definitely, definitely higher than most people on him though. But that yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you're talking about what one year Debo Samuels, one year younger than Todd Gurley. That's crazy. Anyway. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so third player on on my list is uh, James Conner. So 
this is again another player that I just I don't I don't believe in. Um, I I liked James Conner obviously like you know two years ago when when Le'Veon set out the whole year. Um, he he did really well that year. Um, he had some injury concerns last year. Um, couldn't really stay on the field consistently. Um, but you know it's there's a lot of talks right now. Um, of of the Steelers drafting a running back. Um, I don't know how much I believe that, but it, it is scary. Even if... Um, I, it's still scaring me off James Conner a little bit more. Um, and I was I was never really big on him. So I, I put James Conner um, kind of in the, the same range. Um, I would rather have James Conner than um, Marlon Mack, but I would... Um, I wouldn't take him over someone like... I think I would take Darius Geist at this moment over um, who are we talking about? James Conner. Um, I know it, and it's it's tough to say that. Um, or even I'd have Cream Hunt over over James Conner right now as well. Um, so I just I, I'm not big on James Conner. Yeah, like I mean, I'm, I guess my list is super selfish. Um, I've been <laughs> I've been trying to figure out, you know what what the price is on these guys for a long time, but yeah, uh, you know, so let me, no, no, no big (laughs) deal. I'm I'm usually a a lot more contrarian than most people. So it's not a big thing. Um, But let me see. uh, So James Conner or Kenyon Drake. Oh, Kenyon Drake out there for sure. Yeah. I think I'm there. I think I'm there too. I definitely would. I'd like Kenyon Drake in that offense a little bit more. I do think that Connor, and it's easier to say this because of how bad the Steelers' offense was, but um, I think that Connor and, and the Steelers' offense are are going to see some big jumps this year. Um, yeah. I do think I do think that if the Steelers are smart, they're going to vote. I mean, they're going to they're going to um, draft a running back. I don't think that Snell is the answer. Um, God, no. so, um, I don't think Samuels is the answer. Um, so I, I, I think that they're, they're going to, if they're smart, they're going to, they're going to draft one. Um, I don't think that that's going to affect James Conner this year. Um, and, and I think that Conner is probably going to be the lead back there. He's probably going to, um, definitely give you, uh, RB two numbers um, most weeks, so yeah, um, that's just you know obviously really really early speculation, but that's where I'm at on James Conner. So, um, do you want to do a couple a couple players and and then we'll uh, yeah, um, I'll I'll go ahead and do a few of mine. Uh, all right, sweet. Uh, so all right, give me your price on on Jordan Howard right now and his his new landing spot. Yeah, so Howard to Miami. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I never know what to do with a Miami running back anymore. Um, but Jordan Howard's still young. I mean, he still has a lot of tread on the tires. I you know, me personally, I'm probably not going to spend you know more than a a late second round pick on Jordan Howard. Wow, okay. um, I mean, it's, 
you know, if I'm, if I'm stretched by, if I'm trying to really acquire Jordan Howard, I'm probably going to have to put a late second round pick on him. Um, probably even a mid second round pick on him to to, to have that owner move him. Um, I definitely would rather, let's say Jordan Howard over a late second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think a lot of people would, I mean, um, I just, you know, I think that there are some owners of Jordan Howard that are still holding on for dear life and yeah. Um they're they're just in hold mode, you know, and in order to get those guys to move sometimes you just got to throw something crazy, you know. Yeah. Um and I do think a mid a mid second round pick is crazy. I do think that a late second round pick is crazy, I think. Um but uh, you know, picks are gambles, you know, and you have no idea what's going on there. Um yeah. but I would definitely take Jordan Howard over Tariq Cohen. Um, okay. You know, I I probably would take Jordan Howard over. Let's see. Hmm. Try not to mention another player you have on here. Um, <laughs> let me let me ask you a couple. All right, ask me. All right, all right James How? Uh, sorry, James Howard, Lord Jordan Howard, or Damian Williams. Ooh. Um, I probably would go, I'd go Damian Williams there. All right. Rashad Penny. Oh gosh. Jordan Howard. (laughs) Uh, Raheem Mostert. Oh, um, man, what are they doing over there in San Francisco? They only Lord knows. Dude. Then, I mean, they, they kept everybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the most frustrating thing. I think everybody's with me on that one. I mean, yeah, they 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 kept everyone. Why did they do that? But um, I would probably go. Oh man, that's tough. I would probably go Howard, but just because I think that he's going to be the lead back, and I'm so unsure of what's going on with Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I mean, who's who's got to beat out Kalen Balage and? Patrick Laird, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on Howard. I'm on Howard too. Yeah, for sure. Did I? I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop a little bit. So I actually I went to high school with Jordan Howard. Mm. So he was he was a year ahead of me. Um, I I was in the band. Um, and I I remember watching uh, Jordan Howard when he was like a junior, and man, he was so much fun to watch. Like every single time, um, he would come like in the open field. It. it I've never seen him lose a one-on-one. How about that? Um, the dude would take down the first guy, and it would take two or three other guys to take him down. Um, he was electric on the high school field. That doesn't surprise me. It, it reminds me. I was, I was just I, – I saw a film of – I don't see a lot of high school film because I'm not in the Debbie world. But yeah. um, I, I saw some high school film of, of Jacobs the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. You might have seen it, but that dude, I mean, didn't, if I'm right, he played quarterback and was, I mean, this dude was untouchable. So I don't know. I didn't know he played quarterback so, in high school. If, if I, if I'm seeing things right, that's what it looked like. But um, yeah, crazy. Some of these kids in high school. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. 
um, we'll go ahead and, and do these last two real quick, and then um, we're kind of running out of time, so we'll, we'll do these last two, and then uh, we'll sign off. All right, so uh, um, so one more guy for you, Christian Kirk. How do you how do you feel about Christian Kirk? Um, I am not a Kirk lover at all. I honestly, I mean, I haven't been for a little while, um, at least for you know when you're talking about wide receiver one, you know, that, that type, you know, type of caliber of player. Um, I'd never saw it with Christian Kirk, but you know, I, he did prove me wrong last year. So I'll have to, I do have to kind of eat crow there, but, um, he had one, he had one game last year. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is like, you know, you have, so you have Hopkins coming in, um, and then you have an offense where, uh, they just they just spread the ball around. I mean, there's so many options on the field. I mean, we we were talking about you know what Farrow Cooper and Demir Bird and um, you know just a bunch of random names. You know, Andy is a Andy is Andy Isabella had a good game. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those yeah like one of those offenses is just like it's kind of all over the place and. I'm I'm really really apprehensive about owning a wide receiver for the Cardinals. Would I own Kyler Murray? Yeah, I'd own Kyler Murray, but you know that's based upon the weapons around him. You know, um, he yeah. gets to touch the ball every play. You know, <laughs> yeah, I get I, that. That's not guaranteed for for Kirk or Fitzgerald or Hopkins or um, whoever no name that they decide to throw out there. Um, right. And they got Hakeem Butler coming back. Everybody, I know everybody's so down on Hakeem Butler too, but um, I still think he has a role there. Um, he's definitely, you know, minus Hopkins. I mean, he's he is a prototypical wide receiver one, you know, mm-hmm. on the outside. So as far as size, um, so that's you know where I'm at on Kirk. I'm I I don't think. You know, I would definitely take Lockett over Christian Kirk. Um, I would definitely take Jarvis Landry over Christian Kirk. Okay. Um, if I were, I mean, let's just say, let's just take a rookie from this year. Um, I would definitely take, I would have a hard time not taking Jalen Rager over Christian Kirk. For what about sure. Denzel Mims? Oh. So the hype machine that is Denzel Mims. Um, <laughs> now he's earned it. I mean, yeah, you know, sure. I say I, I say hype machine because everybody's about Denzel Mims right now. But um, I mean, Matt Wallman's was talking about Denzel Mims. Um, what last? You know, what June, July? I mean, you know, it's so. Um, but everybody's about Denzel Mims. I would probably tell you that I'd take Denzel Mims over Christian Kirk for sure. Okay, sweet. I don't. I can't blame you. Um, cool. All right. Well, we'll just go ahead and hit this last one, and I'll, I'll ask you a couple more, uh, like this or that, from there, and uh, we'll sign off. So, all right. Give me your thoughts on Ronald Jones. Mm. Man, you're just hitting me below the belt here with a Bucks <laughs> player. Right where it hurts. Yeah, with the Bucks player. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Ronald Jones. Let's see. Um, 
my my fear about Ronald Jones is that they are going to bring somebody else in. Um, I I think that that's a a very big possibility. Um, even with all the talk about how comfortable they were with him down the stretch last year. Um, he definitely, again, another player that made me eat crow because I wasn't, uh, I mean, I, I watched every game that he was in and his first year was atrocious. I mean, yeah, it was probably so bad. It, it was probably the worst rookie season I've ever seen from a running back. And <laughs> that, you know, it, it hurt my heart as a Bucks fan. But I mean, uh, right now, I mean, Ronald Jones, um, I would definitely take, again, Damian Williams is kind of around there, I guess. Uh, I would probably take Damian Williams over over him. I'm definitely taking Ronald Jones over Sony Michelle, which is I was just about to ask. was super crazy, is super crazy to say. Um, but I would definitely take Ronald Jones over Sony Michelle. Um uh Daryl Henderson, I probably would take uh I'd probably take Ronald Jones over Daryl Henderson, but that one's super, super close for me. What about Chris Carson? Ooh. Um give me uh, uh that hurts too. Um, give me, give me Carson over Ronald Jones. Okay. And then Mark Ingram. Oh, I'm taking Mark Ingram for sure. At least for this year. I mean, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to give me, you know, a pick with Ingram for me to sell Ronald Jones for him right now. But, you know, just, um, just cause I'm going to lose on a, you don't think they're bringing it back in, in Baltimore? Um, I mean, do I think that they will if they're smart? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the situation in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, if they're smart, they'll bring somebody in. Um, I don't, you know, Justice Hill, but who knows? Who knows? Too. I mean, they may just see that Justice Hill is the guy and try him out like they did Dixon and all the other running backs that came through there. You know, Rip um, Dixon. Yeah, but um. I just, I honestly think um, Mark Ingram is super undervalued right now. Um, if you really want my opinion on that one, I think that yeah. um, I think that he's he's due for another year. Of, I mean, in that offense, how can how can he not? But um, I think he's good good to go for this year at least. So yeah, absolutely, awesome. Uh, well, that was price check, um, fantasy blitz price check, and. That is that is episode two. Um, so thank you so much uh, for your listeners. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. Uh, we are, are trying to work on on getting um, on other sites. So if you want us to be on, on another uh, podcasting site, just just let us know, and we will work on on getting um, uh, approved there as well. Um, if you are on Apple Podcasts while you're there, if you don't mind, go ahead and leave a five star review. We'll read the next uh, read those on the the next show. Um, and we will, we'll see you next week. 